Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. We live in a world of fees. Airlines, hotels, food delivery, and especially car dealers all charge excessive last-minute fees. When you want something badly enough, it feels like your only choice is to pay up. But what if you had a choice to take a stand instead? At Carvana, we believe in treating you better. With zero hidden fees, you can drive off without feeling ripped off. That's what it means to live fearlessly with Carvana. I have pen fed, that's a fact. I have pen fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's Power Cash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Well, here we are. Yeah. Mark Fernandez. Exciting. Mark Sidious. This is a very special occasion. This is a rule of two, a live show. We got people here now, and we have big news. I'm so glad we waited because... There are three new Star Wars films. They mm-hmm. got dated. Mm-hmm. And the release dates, we have them. What are they? What are they? I mean, that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah, um, we're going to get sweaty. We're going to get deep. We're going to go. We're going to speculate. We're going to yeah. do the, the, the deep dive that we like to do. Yeah, and like, look, um, first of all, I'm very excited about this episode because as you can see, we both have our, our laptops out. I guess if you're listening to us on the podcast, you can't see, but mm-hmm. we both have our laptops out. We have um, some uh, Rule of Two Army in the chat. Yep. Uh, they're going to be asking questions throughout the entire thing, keeping yep. the conversation flowing, right? Sometimes right. you and I, we get lost. You yeah. Know? And now we have an ocean of intelligence uh, to sort of look upon and, uh, and, you know, use it to like spark the conversation a little bit. But yeah, I'm going to be monitoring. You monitor. You yeah. can interrupt and say, hey, this is a great question. I'll do the same. But we want to do this. This is perfect timing. We got three new Star Wars movies. We're going to do this the live way. But we have a very special thing that needs to happen before this starts. Because this is episode 39 of Rule of Two. Rise. That's right. (laughs) Welcome one and all to episode 39. It's Rule of Two. It's on the Jedi Council Podcast One feed and here on Collider Video's YouTube channel. Usually it drops every night around this time, so we're keeping that scheduled, but we'll announce something at the end. You want to do it at the end? Or do you want to do it now? Yeah, like I think we should let them get it out of the way and and bring it up at the end again. Great. Yeah, bookend it, right? Is that what you call it? Yeah. We'll bookend it. We'll bookend it. All right. So look, there's a lot of exciting stuff happening here at Collider, but we're always in the, you know, in the mode of iterating and experimenting and tweaking and optimizing and trying to find out what's what's the most efficient way to reach our audience, right? To right. create content that is consumed by you guys um, and girls and and listened to and supported and stuff like that. So we're going to do a schedule change for Rule of Two. Yeah. Okay. So starting next week. Rule of Two is going to come out on Mondays. Mondays, 5 o'clock. 5 p.m. PST. PST. And it's just a day early. It's just That's a day, it. It's just like a day. You get Rule of Two a day early. So if you're into Rule of Two and um, you want to, um, you know, you know, whatever, hang out with us. Look, 
depending on how today goes, maybe we'll do it live. Maybe we can. You know, yeah. Like I'm gonna say it. Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> right. I like that. <laughs> so, so look, um, that's basically it. We'll talk about that again at the end of the show. But once again, starting next week on Mondays, Rule of Two, five p.m. Mm-hmm. PST, Riley. And me mm-hmm. here talking Star Wars, doing the Star Wars thing. Yeah, we're looking. We're getting ever so closer, or ever whatever, however you say that, to you know the movie, right? Rise I mean, of like, the Skywalker, Rise of the, the Skywalker, Mandalorian. The we Mandalorian. have three new movies now. Could there be more? Let's get into this because this. Let's do it. Let's do it. This is this is like I had no idea this was happening. We had to change Collider Live on the fly because when this news breaks, you have to talk about yeah. it. Yeah, because you guys were going to talk about Spidey or something, right? And then you we were gonna, no, we were going to talk about Game of Thrones and the coffee cup. Oh god, the coffee <laughs> cup! Oh god, everybody lost their damn mind over that thing, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, that happens. But this news drops not only the Star Wars movies, but Avatar. They're moving some stuff around. Crazy. New Mutants. Did you hear about this? New Mutants delayed another year. Yeah. So I I don't know what's going on there. That's a podcast for another time. Yeah, and but, not one that we're going to do. No. I don't know about this new mutants thing. I think that I think that movie is going to be a big turd wrapped in a in a Disney logo. Here's our X Men. Whoops. Yeah. 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 Who's the star of that again? Maisie Williams is in it. Um, Game of Thrones. Maisie. Uh, yeah. And then who else is in it? There's, I can't there's remember. There's a famous. Uh, they announced it in like 2010. I have no idea what yeah. this movie. I don't have yeah. my notes. What I have in front of me is that Disney sets new Star Wars movies, 2022, 2024, 2026. So we're going to have three years of no Star Wars movies after The Rise of Skywalker. At all. all. Only television. Only television. Mandalorian for sure. We're probably going to get a season two. Then we're going to have Cassie Nandor series and maybe Obi-Wan. I I don't know how it's going to fit in there, but I'm just – you know me. I love my Star Wars movies and I'm probably going to love The Mandalorian and anything they put out there in the Star Wars universe. But that's a long time to wait. For a new Star Wars movie, it is. But we've been a little spoiled, you know. In 2015 and 2016, we had Force Awakens, Rogue One. Then we had 2017, and then 2018, Solo and Last Jedi, respectively. And then here we are, waiting. I know it's almost like, to be honest with you, and look, I'm guilty of this. Mm. Okay, but us Star Wars fanatics that have voiced certain displeasure or certain critiques or I think sometimes constructive critiques against uh, the new regime mm-hmm. of of Disney and Star Wars and everything. This is where this is where um, you say I'm sorry. This is where I say I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, because three years without Star Wars is very different than the plan they told us when this whole thing got started, which is we'll give you Star Wars every year. We were going to get one every year, yeah. So it's almost like our bitching and complaining, you know, and I'll raise my hand as a guilty party of that. It's almost like we got what we wanted or be careful what you wish for or, you know, if you're not going to say anything nice, don't say anything at all. But the critique, like the critic in me, and even though, like, I don't consider myself a critic, I can't help to, like... Ex- explore the things that I love in the hopes of trying to make it better. Yeah, you know, I and get that. and look, it was a very vocal displeasure around the Star Wars stuff because we've talked about it. The expectations are unrealistic and all these things. And now we don't get Star Wars for three years in the theater. It, it, it bums me out a it, little bit. It bums me out too. I don't like waiting that long. But 
I'm going to go on the other side. You know, I like to play devil's advocate. This gives them time to work on something. I hope. Whatever it may be, whether it's Old Republic, whether it's Ryan Johnson doing this or Benioff and Weissen doing it, and we'll get into that um, because that's a big, deep conversation. But we don't know what these movies are. But we do know that three years from this December, it'll be, right, 2022? No, yeah, 2022. Three years, man. That's three a long years. time with those it's, Star Wars. It's a long time to wait, but that was the original Windows in the prequels. I know, but original I'm a, windows like, in the you've been spoiled. It's just that yeah, spoiled, but it's just like all that last hope. Jedi talk, and they listened to you, and they went Mark Fernandez. They, <laughs> they listened to us, maybe, or like I'm hearing some stuff in the chat. They're making really good points in the chat that you'd rather wait for um, three years for a good movie than get crappy movies every year. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, that's what that's my um, point. But like the hope of a Star Wars movie being good. It's almost worth it, you know, knowing that in like – to me, there's no better way to spend Christmas than for me to hang out with my brother and my little nephews who aren't so little anymore. They're all taller than me now. Right. But like going with them to go see Star Wars during Christmas, like you know, to me, there's something magical about that, you know? Yeah. I'm a big advocate that if they would have released Solo during Christmas, I think it would have done better. I totally agree. You know? Um, We've but- had a lot more time to wait between The Last Jedi and Solo and I think cleanse the palate through the summer. Yeah. Infinity War was out then, Deadpool 2, all these movies, and then we have Star Wars. But I agree with you there. Yeah. So can I drop a... Uh, a scoop? Please do because it's going to infect the entire conversation. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So I got this from Star Wars Theory who's a friend of the show, a yeah. friend of mine, a friend of everyone mm-hmm. um, who's a Star Wars fan. If you haven't checked out his channel, go check it out, Star Wars Theory on YouTube. Does some amazing content as you guys already know because he's, uh, if not the biggest, uh, definitely pushing for the biggest Star Wars YouTube channel out there. Mm-hmm. Um Star Wars Theory and I were talking today because um, I have um, Sith Anakin on my desk, right. as you know. Right? I do, yeah. And I think you and I even unboxed it. We did. We did you that know? unboxing so, video. Yeah, so if you guys want to go check out Riley and I dorking out over my Anakin, yeah. go check out that video. We unboxed it. But anyway, Star Wars Theory was so into that statue. It's a limited edition statue, uh, toy, statuette, whatever it is you call it, mm-hmm. that he got his own, right? So we nice. were texting back and forth about it. And then we talked about the news today, and he told me um, that he got an insider source okay. to tell him something mm-hmm. that he doesn't – that he thinks it's a valid info from somebody on the inside. OK, mm-hmm. We won't give any names of the specific source, but somebody on the inside that told him that there's actually six movies, OK, three by Ryan Johnson, three by Benioff and Weiss, and that these six movies are interconnected with each other. Now, Interesting. this is that it's very, quote unquote, MCU like is the actual quote that was sent to him. Makes sense. Um, that the six movies are very, very interconnected with each other. OK. So to me, um, my first reaction is WTF, Ryan Johnson still has a trilogy. <laughs> That's my first reaction. Mm-hmm. My second reaction is, well, if they're interconnecting all six movies it kind of tells me that maybe it isn't Old Republic as a lot of people are hoping, but maybe a continuation of the current timeline, even though it could easily be Old Republic and, and Ryan and Ryan Johnson's trilogy could also be set in that timeline. Right. But if Ryan Johnson did anything with The Last Jedi, I think is set up the idea of the next generation of potential Jedi with the broom boy. So 
which I kind of, in a weird way, like. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. I, I. You know what? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna rule out a old republic or whatever because we've heard and we've been talking about this. And Game of Thrones guys, Benioff and Weiss, makes sense for an old republic movie. But what if? I don't know. What if there is a? And we don't know where Ryan Johnson's. I don't think he's doing after episode nine, set in that timeline. Okay. Okay. So let's take that out Before of there. Before I thought he was. Yeah. Before this, the scoop, which is on. Look, it, it, it's an unverified scoop, but it's one that I actually think comes from a very good source. I always thought that the Ryan Johnson trilogy was going to be post uh, this timeline. You think? Yeah. See, I, I don't know. I. I I don't think so yet. I think Disney will probably – like they did with some of the canon material between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. There's not a lot out there. We had Bloodline, the book that dealt with some of the politics and the mm-hmm. rise of the First Order. And then what else? We're getting some – we haven't had a lot of canon material that fills in the blanks between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. And I think that's because Disney wanted to mine that area and finish their trilogy. I think they're going to do the same. We're not going to get post-Episode Nine stuff for a while in canon material. That's what I think. Because they, they might want to leave that door open for yeah. Episode 10 in 10 years. But, but let's do a little role play, OK? Oh, OK. A little thought experiment here. All right. I like this. If you're Disney – Mm-hmm. Okay, and you had so much fallback. Even though the movie, I believe, is like in the top ten highest-grossing films of all time. Actually, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's in the top ten. Which one? Uh, Last Jedi. Well, I can check. Yeah, I got, I got the internet here. Um, but w- w- you know, regardless, it was a huge financial success. Okay, correct. So, from a you know dollars and cents perspective, it was a success. Okay, mm-hmm. you can. That's undeniable. All right. From a from a audience fan perspective, there's a very vocal. Whether it's a minority or majority, whatever you want to say, it's definitely vocal mm-hmm. that didn't love it, right? Right. And you can't deny that somehow it was the beginning tipping point of the Star Wars uh, distribu- or, or uh, publishing strategy changing, right? Because before Last Jedi, it was a given that we were getting Star Wars all the friggin' time. Post Last Jedi, uh, movies are getting canceled. Uh, what, every directors year, are be- fired. Directors are fired, which has happened even before Last Jedi. But sure. Um, movies are now not every year, every three years. Things have changed since, right? If you're inside Star Wars and inside Lucasfilm, inside Disney, as you're conquering the known uh, universe, mm. why do you give Ryan Johnson another trilogy? I don't Is it know. stubbornness? You know, I, it's hard because everybody will point to the Rotten Tomatoes audience score of The Last Jedi. But I still push back on that because – People were ranking that movie very high in the Star Wars day. May the 4th be with you. People were ranking that. I saw a lot of number ones. I saw top threes. I saw top fives. I still think that maybe Lucasfilm was listening somewhat and that there are criticisms to be had on The Last Jedi for sure. I, I Listen, a debate is a debate is a discussion is a discussion, but – I still think they didn't have that through line. And what this mm. is telling me right now with all of the movies and even Kathleen Kennedy went out there and said, Ryan Johnson and Benioff and Weiss are working together to map out the next 10 years of their movies. OK. So it's kind of already out there. It was kind of already out there. So when you tell me this scoop from Star Wars Theory, I go, ah, 
That makes sense. Right. And so, so working together is just one la- level deeper that the two plots are actually integrated, whether now, it's by characters appearing in both or – I wonder. This is, this, is a sw- this is a swing for the fence here. OK. That's good. Yoda. Could Yoda be in an mm. old Republic movie? 900 years old, right? He's first 900. Of all, first, of all, I love where your head is. At okay, right now. thank you. So he appears somewhat, somehow, in the Benioff and Weiss. Yeah. And Ryan Johnson picks up. God, can you imagine if they made Yoda the protagonist? It's impossible. No, right? and I don't want that necessarily. You don't want that. I thought I, that's where you were going. Characters that can appear and interconnect. Because that's what the MCU is. Right. Right. I mean, sure. You're saying it's an ensemble thing. Could be. There could be characters or lineages. Benioff and Weiss create an Old Republic movie or the first Jedi or the building of the Sith or the Jedi Order, what have you. And there's a lineage in there that then appears in Ryan Johnson's movies set later. I don't know where. And hell, we don't even know what the hell is going to happen in, the, last, in uh, the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Maybe something's no revealed idea. there that connects somehow – we don't know. I'm willing to, to give the benefit of the doubt and say, listen, I love Ryan Johnson. I don't care what people think yeah. about him as a person. He doesn't deserve all I mean, the treatment he got. He's a good person. He's I mean. a good person. Yeah. He's a good filmmaker. Go watch Brick if you need any other facts on that matter. Go watch Looper. Yeah. I can't wait to see Knives Out. I love his Star Wars movie. The guy knows how to make movies. And I think the reason why he's still here is because The Last Jedi, say what you will about the finished product – didn't sound like there was a lot of problems. They shot the movie. They edited the movie. They made the movie out on time, and it is now the twelfth highest grossing movie of all time. Twelve, yeah, top, uh, you know, top, top, top twenty. Top that was 15. that was eleven as as of two weeks ago. Yeah, so unbelievable. Yeah, Endgame has really kind of come in and wrecked shop here. So maybe it's just like they like working with him. He has a vision. It's not going to be tied to the Skywalker saga, so right. there's not going to be a lot of people with ownership rights over Luke yes, Skywalker, that's a huge and how point. dare you do this to my Luke Skywalker? No, all new characters in Star Wars. Yeah, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. So that's just where I'm going with it, so that we don't know how they can connect these things, but if there are a lot, like what if, again, maybe Yoda is a connective tissue part, just a character, because mm. I can't see Yoda as a protagonist, but then again... Who, who am I? Yeah. I'm just a schlup with a Star Wars shirt and a podcast. First of all, you make a very good point, and I want to uh, talk about that just for one more second because Great. I actually think there's a lot of similarities right now between Benioff and Weiss and Ryan Johnson, especially with this last season of Game of Thrones. Some of the backlash that it's gotten post uh, George R. R. Martin's yeah. um, source material, right, and uh, Star Wars post George Lucas's source material. There's a lot of similarities in some of the backlash. Yeah. Daenerys wouldn't do this. Luke Skywalker this wouldn't not, do that. Luke yeah. Skywalker wouldn't do that. Yep. So there's a lot, a lot of similarities there. Okay. Yeah. And there's a there's also another huge similarity that both of these uh, uh, creative teams have had incredible success. Not incredible success. Benioff and Weiss a lot more than Ryan Johnson, but both have been successful. In their own rights, you yeah. know, Looper, right? Looper is a cult classic and oh, all these yes. things. It's great. You know, but here's here's my point. Um, why and, – and, and I think that Kevin Feige, his genius with the MCU was, was being able to successfully source and – I'm sorry, to successfully mine 
the source material. Right. Okay. Where uh, JJ, Ryan Johnson, pretty much everybody that's come post Lucas has tried to become their own version of George Lucas and saying, I can take the mantle. I can write a bunch of stuff. I don't need to consult too much with the story team. I don't need to consult too much with the canon team. I can pretty much do whatever the hell I want because I'm a super creative genius. And I and it doesn't matter if I'm not sticking to the source right. or being super inspired by the source. Because Star Wars, during the George Lucas reign, had so much content that they created, right? Mm-hmm. All the novelizations. There's tons of novels. The Plagueis, the this, the mm-hmm. that. The, the Rule of Two. The Rule of yeah. Two, like Darth, Darth Bane. Bane. And, and like you had like Old Republic and then that exploded. And then you had everything that went on with Dark Horse. You always talk about Dark Shad- Empire. Dark Empire. Yeah. Shadows of the Empire. Mm-hmm. The Shadows go- of the Empire. I love it. Yeah, the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on of all this great source material that was deemed uh, legends and not source. And that was the biggest mistake I think they made because now they just have to now you're giving the creative freedom to people that are super creative but may not be super in sync with the writing like right like ultimately like you look at even Spider-Man Far From Home heavily inspired by Mysterio and the comics and Planet 833 and all these crazy things that that's all coming from a source material right and that's that's such a great point I got it Agree with you 100 percent because I felt like when Disney said, guess what? All the books that the original trilogy – because it started there. The original trilogy captured the imagination of us, of Mm. tons of people. And then when Timothy Zahn's trilogy comes out, that was an event. Everybody reads it. Then that started the expanded universe. Everybody – we got books and great things. And the RPG game. We can't forget about that. And the RPG game, of course. And the video games and everything. And so then there's this whole generation before the prequels that were living off of those books and and calling them – they were comics. It was just like Marvel having their comics that you followed along. And it was doing great video games and like the X-Wings and – and like the um, the Kyle Katarns of the world and, and stuff like that. I'll, I'll put it this way. Let's say Kevin Feige and Disney comes out and says, we're starting the MCU. OK? It's at the end of Iron Man. Nick Fury walks out and go, yeah, we're starting the MCU. You're going to get interconnected stuff. But all the comics are now legends. Yeah. They have nothing to do with this. Yeah. It's the same freaking thing, man. Yeah. I, and it just occurred to me. This is the first time I really thought about it. It's like, Wow. Because then it's – what's interesting, they're sending mixed signals because then they're like, yeah, we're not doing that. That's Legends. And then they create Kylo Ren who's essentially Jason Solo. Right. Falls to the dark side, becomes a Sith Lord. But then for some reason, no more Sith. J.J. Abrams didn't want to go down that road and that's going away from the, from the, the source material again. So my point being is that I think that Marvel mined pieces of their source material – and put it in the movie. If you've seen Endgame, there is something that happened. There's a lot that happens that come from the comics, which I love. I think that they shot themselves in the foot by not having that yeah, story a, that they can go to. Like people lose their mind. Goes, we're doing a Darth Plagueis movie. It's a, yeah. I why not? You already have audience. You already have a familiarity. You already have ex, like like you already have marketing. Yeah. Now you got to market all this new stuff, and like all you have is a Star Wars name. You keep. Um, changing what that means to the hardcore Star Wars fans because 
you know, look, and I've heard this from multiple sources that Kathleen Kennedy, um, her initial reaction to like the Obi-Wan Kenobi movie was like, it's too inside baseball. Like, what the heck does that mean? Yeah. They just announced Captain Britannia in the MCU. <laughs> you can't get more inside baseball than that. And Captain Britannia will probably open up to $140 million. Wait, did they? Captain Britannia? Who's that? Yeah, Captain, Captain Britain? Captain Britain. Oh, yeah. oh, they made the reference in Endgame. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's, that's inside baseball. But, like, right. that's what you want. You want hardcore fans. Like, look. I'm looking at here now, and first of all, I'm so glad uh, we got 323 people watching now. You got 423 over here, man. Oh, 423. Yeah, but look, yeah. you guys you guys are inside baseball, you know? Like, right. Whether you agree with everything I say or not, or you, or you think I'm dim-witted, or you agree with everything that, that, that uh, Riley says or not, we all are the loyal opposition. We all love Star Wars, you know? Yeah. And it's okay to know who Kyle Katarn is. I see somebody screaming Katarn. It's okay to love Rogue Squadron and IG-88 right. and, and, and having those experiences. And then when they give you IG-88 on the screen, don't give me something that looks like IG-88, but you call it 7G-27 right. just because IG-88 was too inside baseball. That's I'm totally with you because it's the same thing when uh, like Bill Maher goes out and says comic books are for stupid people. They're dumb, blah, 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 whatever. It's like – it really? Well, guess what? Endgame is the highest, second highest grossing movie of all time in 11 days. Yeah, and I love fucking comic books. There's nothing like going to bed and reading, like opening up Comixology and yeah. reading a comic and like just reading 20, 30 pages of fun. Like what's wrong with that? But here, I'm looking at signs and call it a gut feeling. Call yeah. it being in the room with John Favreau and Dave Filoni when they were talking The Mandalorian okay. at the celebration. Okay. Because John Favreau made a point to say I'm using legend stuff. I'm going there. I'm using that stuff. He said it. Yes, and people but, lost but their mind. You can use it, but change the names. Well, that's what, <laughs> that's what I wonder. So yeah. here's what I'm thinking. Yeah. When it comes to dating three movies, yeah. three years out, yeah. uh, Ryan Johnson involved or Benioff and Wife, we'll, we'll go deeper in that one. I think they're taking their time. I think they're looking at the MCU, and I think they are course correcting right now. We're in the middle of it. They have to. And somebody tweeted at me. I'm not sure who it was, but somebody tweeted at me and said, is it funny that these movies are being slated post Kathleen Kennedy's contract? And like it sounded like a cynical tweet, you know, but it also sounded very logical. Yeah, it is. You know, and but like that, the, the machine, the Star Wars machine will go on without her. Yeah. She will exit. And and I think soon. Yeah, and I look. I'm gonna. Just I think say it's this. after. I think it's after Rise of yeah. Skywalker. She's gone. Look, I'm just gonna say this. Okay, okay. Uh, you know, and not to show off, but it, I felt so lucky that I, I did get to go to the Endgame premiere. Yeah, you know, a bunch yeah. of us went. Not a bunch of us. Me, Perry, uh, Dennis, uh, Christian, Mark Ellis. A few not, of us. Went. Not me. Not, not you. Me. Not you. But Wasn't you went there. the next day. I went the next day. Yeah. So not 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 Riley, but mm, yeah. yes, me. But anyway. <laughs> I, I, at the after party, I went up to Kevin Feige, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I you know, congratulated him, said, you know, we're such a big fans and thank you so much. Uh, the movie, you know, the movie was great, blah, 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 blah. Everything you would say in a cordial kind of fashion. And then I and, but, but then I dropped in the Sith. Mm. OK, then I put the cloak on. OK, <laughs> right. I want to talk to you. Yeah. And then I said, hey, bro. Like, I, first of all, I didn't say bro. I'm, I'm totally exaggerating. <laughs> you, got, you called Kevin Feige <laughs> yeah. bro? I'm exaggerating. Like, oh boy, I'm exaggerating. But, but, I, but I did tell him, I go, hey, man, when are you taking over Star Wars? And he looked at me and smiled and laughed, and he didn't give me an answer. Of course. But every time I see him, I always ask him. I do. You know? Like, when are you taking over Star Wars, man? Yeah. 
You know? I mean, look, it's never going to happen, but, like, I see some folks in the chat who feel the same way I do. Feige, Feige, Feige. It's because the guy knows how to build a meta vision. Yeah. You know? I'm also seeing some stuff in here. I mean, Lucas, I don't know how, I mean, actually I do. So I knew a writer from the Clone Wars. Okay. Who went up to Luke, uh, to Skywalker Ranch and they, he had a book okay. of like everything that was at that time canon. Um, and so if they would say like, oh, Anakin and Obi-Wan go to this planet. And Lucas be there and go, that's not the, the right planet. It's this planet. Yeah. He's like token, man. He like knew his universe. But he did push back on certain stories. He didn't like Mara Jade. Yeah. It we, was you who fell into that pit of gang darks. It was me who read. What, what, what's that one line? Yeah, Gundarks. You, f- yeah. you fell in that pit of Gundarks at the beginning of uh, Attack of the Clones yeah. when they're talking? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was you but he just – one of my point is is that he's, he did care and he was inside and getting all the, the materials, the comic books and the books all connected somehow. And then now it's, it's not. So my point with Feige is, mm. is that I think he's going to stay with Marvel for a while. I think he's just going to keep going with that. And going back to Kathleen Kennedy, I think she – doesn't really we talked we had a whole episode on this she is a wonderful producer knows how to make movies like gangbusters i don't think she knows star wars and i think it's probably coming to that point where she's like you know i i'm gonna i'm gonna go do this i'm out i'm out i don't think so i i um first of all i agree with everything you're saying i just don't think that she's gonna willingly exit yeah because like i think that there's a lot at stake if she exits um Somebody's asking, "What about Pablo Hidalgo to take over?" Um, no. I don't. I don't see that at all. I no. don't see that at no. all. He's, a, he's not. He's not that high up and, in, and, to take over that. And like somebody here uh, made a really good comment. Uh, Star Wars. It was Shane Cadden. Uh, Star Wars doesn't need to be Marvel. Star Wars can learn stuff, but still be its own thing. I a thousand percent agree with you, Shane. Um, and it can never be Marvel, but Marvel's totally different. But like you're saying, in this new world of media. Okay, where it's like um, films have become so, uh, so like sophisticated, like in a way, right? The production values are so high. Yep. Like the audience is so much smarter. They're so invested. There's, yeah. They want these shared universes too. I mean, Marvel, you know. But look, DC tried to do it and it flopped terribly too, right? So there are lessons of not trying to. Copy them, but I think that the real lesson to learn is not about MCU and crossover and all that stuff. It's about making sure that there's a vision and a plan, and that there's a high concept, right? There's a filmmaker who's one of my favorite kind of producers in the history of Hollywood who introduced uh, a concept uh, into the world of cinema called high concept, right? Mm-hmm. This was Don Simpson, right? He did. Um, Beverly Hills Cop, Top Gun, Top Gun. Uh, um, you know, the uh, NASCAR one. Uh, Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder. Cold trickle, man. Uh, Footloose. You know, Footloose, he was like yeah. this, this wonderful he, – he, That's a great point. He created the like, like a summer action blockbuster kind of event. Yes. But he also – like he had a high concept, right? Like let's do a movie about fighter pilots, you know, right. like good-looking fighter pilots. Mm-hmm. And like that's what I think the MCU has – that Star Wars was a little bit lacking is that it had that meta vision that everything points to. Because in the theory of – in the thesis of high concept, 
If you say this is the the high concept is about this is a movie about you know fighter pilots, mm-hmm. and you make a choice inside the film, you ask yourself is that choice reinforcing the high concept of fighter pilots? Yeah, or, or whatever your high concept is, right. you know. Um, and if if the answer is yes, then you know it's a it's a decision in the right way. Um, and I think that that's what Star Wars needs a little bit more of is that sort of creative North Star. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and hopefully, look, hopefully there's, I don't know, man, like, you know, I've been hearing that George Lucas was involved in, in, in some of the story for, for episode nine. That's what JJ said. Yeah. And then I heard that that is not true. From where? God, I just got sad there. Yeah. I Are you know. serious? Mm-hmm. I thought Wired reported that. Yeah. I I heard that 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 somebody said no, and I was, and that's this is whispers. I hear so, I, it's like so. Was this a Harloff thing? No, 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 no. This is just so many. There's so many voices out there where somebody said it, and I I don't know if it's true. I go off of Wired and Variety and Entertainment Weekly that said it's true. So I because I want George Lucas to be involved in Rise of Skywalker. Of course, that would make me feel a little bit better. You know what I mean? But let's get back to this because yeah, yeah. When it comes to – I think what is going on, Star Wars was always the Skywalker saga. Yeah. OK? That was before Marvel. Which JJ has reinforced by calling it the Skywalker saga several times, which gives me hope. Right. Yes. But they were always working in this is the universe, just one. Yeah. These are your characters. Well, There's a story. Anakin's you – know, we're going to start with the prequels there. It's Anakin, show his rise and fall, and then Luke Skywalker picking up the reins and boom, boom. It's always been the Skywalker saga. Then when Disney buys them and Marvel's taking off, they're like, we're going to do these spinoffs, and we're going to call them a Star Wars story. Yeah. And then that – it was like, <laughs> huh? What was the first name they called it? Do you remember that? No, I think you're right. It's Guys, always been a Star Wars story. What's the uh, – what, for Rogue One? Yeah, what's uh, it, guys? Guys in the chat, you know, it, it was they called it something, and then all of a sudden it changed. What the hell was it? I can't remember. What do you mean they called it something and it changed? It was like they were calling it like uh, I know it was a Star Wars story, but it was something before that. Yeah, nah, I don't want to take Ron L. Ron L. Sykes. Shout out to Ron L. Sykes. He 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 said a cool thing here. Okay, which I totally totally buy into. You need crazy Lucas ideas, but somebody to rein them in. And like I think that that's why Empire. Anthology. That's it. Yeah. That's why Empire and Return of the Jedi I think are so cool, because it's they're all driven by Lucas. Yeah. But you have you have another creative team checking them. Well, I wonder about Return of the Jedi because I've there's like a famous like Richard Marquand, the director said directing a Star Wars movie is like. Directing a Shakespeare play with Shakespeare in the other room. Right. This is Marquand said this. Marquand says this. Right. Because Lucas got very hands-on. What I love about what I've heard about Empire, Kirshner was one of his old teachers. And so Kirshner would come in and kind of – he would push – he would rein Lucas in to that point. Mm. I think they would collaborate a lot better. Yeah. I mean how much can you rein in Shakespeare, right? You can't. You really can't. You don't want to. Yeah. But And and Harloff – Completely thinks I'm full of shit on this one, but there's a documentary that backs it up that, um, you know, George Lucas pretty much told everybody on set during Mm. the filming of Revenge of the Sith that Mm -hmm. Steven Spielberg was directing it. Mm. Yeah. You know, and that Steven Spielberg refused to take credit for it. Now, I wish I knew the truth about this. 
I want um, that documentary. You know, um, it, it's in the making of, of, of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. You know, so like like if you have that Blu-ray. Oh, actually, I don't think uh, Revenge of the Sith is out on Blu-ray, actually. Um, Revenge if, of the Sith? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Is it? Yeah. I have the whole big Blu-ray packet. Oh, that's awesome. It's 4, big... 4K, yeah. Oh, not 4K, though. It's just Blu-ray. Or is that f- I don't know. I don't know technology. I just buy a Blu-ray. No, no, pop uh, it. You know, you're right. Blu-ray is uh is 1080. Okay. Uh UHD is 4K. Yeah, no, it's this big set that they it's the whole saga before before we even I had that before they even announced Disney was buying Lucasfilm. Yeah. So this is this is a while ago, but it's the Blu-ray. Um where are we going with this? I'm trying to remember here. First of all, um, I was about to ask you uh, something completely unrelated, um, but what we're going with this is that we're talking about uh, we, we were talking about George Lucas and his ability to domineer a set, right? You know, and or influence the story, or being able to get that George Lucas is more effective when he's sprinkling his fairy dust, but that there's other people actually there to rein him in. Yeah. And you were talking about Mark Wand and Kirshner. Anyway, right, right, right. We could, we, we could probably move on. but Yeah, so it goes back to what is going on with these three movies. Yeah. We're now hearing that there are six. six. That there's three for Benioff because and three I, for the other dude. And I've seen him in the comments here. You know, some people aren't going to go see the Ryan Johnson one. Some people will. Some people are excited about it. I saw a tweet where Ryan Johnson, if he's not doing it, we riot. There are supporters, I think, across the board for everybody involved. But we only have three dates announced. So immediately I saw people saying, oh, that's Benioff and Weiss, trilogy, Ryan Johnson's off. Now you tell me this. Yeah. And I go, okay. And they're somewhat interconnected. We don't know right now. This goes further, you know, this goes way in the in the future right now. Obviously, three years before the next Star Wars movie. We don't know. We could get, you know, a trilogy and then Ryan Johnson's trilogy after that or vice versa. You know what I mean? Or yeah. it could even be oh, man. a movie, but – You just bum me out again. You bum me I out. Do. Why? Because first of all, even though Star Wars Theory I believe has a good source, yeah. OK? And his source told them six movies, mm-hmm. three for Ryan, three for Benioff and Weiss. They're interconnected. Okay, okay. That's the story. Um, when you look at the announcement – Okay, of Disney Slate through 2027. Mm-hmm. There's something in it that bums me out. Mm. And it's this idea of flip-flopping Avatar one year, Star Wars the next, Avatar, Star Wars, Avatar, Star Wars. You're creating a a link of consequence – like like of um, – uh, there's a word. There's, there's a fancy word for what I'm trying to say, but you're – you're interconnecting the two franchises inadvertently. Yeah. Right? Like one I, Star I Wars, one saying. Avatar. Like, so now Disney is Avatar and it's Star Wars. These are our two sci fi franchises. Let them live happily next to each other. Is there a crossover? They would never cross over, but like, I mean, there's five Avatar movies and I love the first one. Okay. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm squarely in the I don't care about Avatar boat. Just it didn't. Until I see a trailer and yeah. I get a, 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 a I mean, somewhat semblance of a story, I got to see it because right now I'm I'm just like Ugh, because it's like I'm with you on this because it's like we'll get a Star Wars movie and then you know wear off we'll speculate we'll do hundreds of podcasts on it and all <laughs> right. these things are happening and then the trailer for Avatar drops like coming next December Avatar and you're like uh, yeah what uh, like I'll take Aquaman two. 
You know, yeah. it's like it, it's like I, I'm not. Listen, there are fans out there. Again, James Cameron, do not doubt that man. He knows what he's doing. So yeah, yeah. Until yeah. I see, I'm never going to doubt him. But who look, cares? Um, but look here again, though, and, and and the scoop that we got from Star Wars Theory, there is, I think, a lot of skepticism on my part about it because Star like Disney announced, as far as I know, through their plan for 2027. They only announced three Star Wars movies. Right. Is this correct? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to pull up the whole press release that I got in the in on the email. And I see this is what's interesting. I wanted to go there and get your thoughts because yeah. when I saw the press release and I saw three Star Wars movie dated to through 2027, I went, oh, Ryan Johnson's out and it's going to be Benioff and Weiss's trilogy." Yeah. That's just immediately what I thought because of all the chatter. Because of it. Then when you tell me that, I go, "Oh, okay." Then I'll believe because I don't know what to believe sometimes. I don't know what to believe either. There's so so many things. There's so many sources. There's so many people. So everything until further noticed is just rumors for now, right? I mean unless I – unless Kathleen Kennedy texts me right now. Oh, hey. I have a text from Kathleen Kennedy. (laughs) Never mind. Um, KK. KK is texting me. Okay, So 2021 is – no, no, no. Was it 2022? Right. Star Wars. 2023 they announced, 2024 Star Wars. Here's the thing. The reason they announced it through 2027 is because that's where Avatar Avatar 5 drops. Mm. But if you'll notice, Disney dated all these movies, not just Star Wars, not just um, uh, Avatar, but they dated Pixar movies, Marvel movies, Indiana Jones movie. When um, is that? When is that? Indiana Jones is seven is uh, July 9th. 2021. Oh, please, Harrison Ford still be, you know. Shut your mouth. Don't put it out there. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. You're right, you're right, you're right. He's a good, yeah, he's fine. He's Indiana Jones. Man, have you heard, this is a total non sequitur, but have you heard Mark Hamill's impersonation of Harrison Ford? It's spot on. It's crazy good, huh? He's great. Did you see Mark Hamill's another non sequitur? They, you know that picture of Lucas where he's in all the practical props, that room with like the Death Star and yeah, all yeah. The, the things. Yeah. It was like a Star Wars Twitter account that said, you have five minutes in that room. What are you taking? And Mark Hamill responds with, George's wallet. <laughs> perfect, That's a man. good one. That That's was a good, good one. one. So here, this is my point. The reason that like we got through 2022 Disney announcing their slate of films. This is Pixar. Their live-action remakes, their animated movies, Marvel, Star Wars, everything. And then it trails off, and it literally goes 23, 2023, 2024, 2025, 2026, 2027, and it's just Avatar, Star Wars, Avatar, Star Wars. So Disney has put a cap on 2022. My point now is mm. we could see another Star Wars movie dropped in here sooner or later. On like – and maybe it's Ryan Johnson's. Maybe they're going to test the water. We're like, you know what we're doing? We're developing – if we take everybody at their word and they're developing these movies concurrently with each other, Ryan Johnson and Benioff and Wise, to make from this scoop them interconnected, they're taking their time. Then in 2022, they drop whatever that movie is. It's just blows up. People love it. Yeah. Box office success. People are craving it now. We've had three years without a Star Wars movie. And they go, well, guess what? Ryan Johnson's dropping his one next year. 
They can do that. They could do that. And it makes sense, right, that that they would alternate one and the other. They could. Is the MCU still plotting two, two a year? Well, let's see. Uh, let's go to... 2019, we know. 2020, we have Untitled Marvel on May 1st uh, on 2020. Okay, yeah. So that's one. Yeah. And then we have Untitled Marvel on November 6th, 2020. So that's two. There's two. And then let's go to 2021. One, we have an Untitled Marvel movie on uh, February 12th, 2021. I'm thinking that's Black Panther 2 okay? because that's when they dropped it last time in, yeah. in uh, February. That's one. Then we have May 7th, 2021, wow, that's Marvel. Cool. Yep. And then we have a third in 2021, right. November 5th, 2021. Yeah. And then we have one, two, three in 2022. <sighs> wow. I think all of the, the – this is a little separate. Black Panther 2, another Spider-Man after Far From Home. Doctor Strange 2, Eternals, Black Widow. What else is there? Ant-Man, maybe get another one. But here's my thing. Um, If The Last Jedi had been – it's so tough with The Last Jedi because you can't argue its financial success. Yeah. And the Blu-ray. The Blu-ray crushed. But then again, you have five of the top ten movies of all time are MCU movies. Well, let's go back to that list again. Yeah, top the, five of the top ten are MCU movies. Five of the top ten. Let's see. Avengers Endgame is now number two. Yeah. Infinity War is number five. The Avengers is number seven. Age of Ultron is number nine. You're right. And number ten is Black Panther. Yeah. Five of the top ten. And we have one Star Wars. Force, Awakens. Force Awakens. So if if Last Jedi, Solo, Rogue One, if they would have had the success of the MCU – do you think – this is a question. Do you think that we'd be still getting those two Star Wars movies a year? Probably. And do you think that um, this schedule could be affected by the success of whatever this new movie is, right? Like, yeah. Like, Money you know, talks. If that thing crushes, they're going to want more. Right. Was their plan to release a bunch of movies all the time? I mean I remember back when we were getting this news – Harloff was saying that, you know, on Jedi Council, I joined him a couple times, that we were probably going to start getting maybe two Star Wars movies a year mm. if it did well. And Rogue One started to point in that direction. Yeah. Right? Because Rogue One comes out, did over a billion dollars. So, but then things happen. But I keep going back. Everybody can be so reactionary. This is, they had a stumble with Solo. And some people argue with Last Jedi as well with audience people, and I I guarantee they are looking at some of those things. But I'm sorry, the audience not liking the movie does not match up to the box office. I agree. It does not. The math does not check out. If they're saying half of the audience did not like the Last Jedi, then how the hell do you explain 1.3 billion? Because it's Star Wars. And and so they hate watching this thing. No, no, no. It's Star Wars, and like it's like a cute, like it's such a powerful brand. Yeah. In a world where like movies aren't as like um, the volume of films being funded and distributed to a mass market are less than they were in '99, 2002, and 2005 when mm-hmm. the, when when the when the prequels came out. Right. You had more choices back then. 
Mm-hmm. Studios were taking bigger, like bigger blockbustery risks yeah. than they are Look now. Look at Avatar. You know, I mean, now it's like you get you get your Disney blockbuster, you know, um, and that's kind of it. Yeah. You know, like what's the like like it's just. Yes, yeah, right now it's Marvel, DC, Netflix has, has taken Wars. a bite into it. Mm-hmm. It's not the you, same. You know, we're it's not playing not. the same market. Yeah, and that's what I think they're. You you say it all the time when we're you said it at the top of the show when we're moving Rule of Two to Mondays yeah. because we want other shows to breathe we want ours to get some eyes you know you're constantly shifting yeah in the name of business this is what they're doing now right that's just all they're doing I think they're just taking a break three years is a long they're time back they're pulling back and they are doing what and I saw a comment. That flew by at the beginning of the show that I did want to address. It's like because the person said you don't need that long because look at what Marvel's doing. And it's like Marvel again and to your point again, the top five, the MCU, the, the top five in there are the last like three years right. of these movies. Right. They had all that time building their universe because remember Iron Man did great. Yeah. But some of these movies – Came out and I did a great show. Well, Hulk with, didn't do great. Hulk didn't do that great. Thor came out. It was all right. Yeah. Didn't do what Thor Ragnarok did. Didn't do what any of the Avengers movies did. These movies came out. I mean, hell, and we did a whole uh, Riley Roundtable on this where we started to list all the DC Marvel movies in in kind of a top ten order. And like Man of Steel and Batman v Superman did better numbers than Thor, the first Thor and Captain America movies. Mm. And I would say – Look at Aquaman. Look at Aquaman, right? Exactly. They start getting their footing. So we're here. That's what this is right now. There's going to be some time and I think we're going to have to – let's see what the the Rise of Skywalker does because if it just crushes and the fans love it and we don't get that – you know, forty-five percent of whatever you know, and I don't trust the Rotten Tomatoes score because I don't know if they're hacking it or just creating these different accounts and doing all that thing. That's I'm the- less cynical about Rotten Tomatoes. Like I don't know. Like I um I think I do feel personally. This is my own personal opinion that everybody's QQ over the Rotten Tomatoes score is it's much ado about nothing. Like I, I agree. Don't, I don't yeah, think at it's the end rushed, of the day, like. Rushed, like Whatever Eastern European genius technological like you know you know uh, um, boogeyman you want to associate with it I don't you know but here and and I'm totally with you on this and then let's add this extra layer on things away from Rotten Tomatoes and away from social media there is a giant audience mm. that are just moviegoers that have no idea what's yeah, going on casual casual that they go and I clump all my family in this yeah. because they're not on social media. They have no idea what I do. <laughs> they're like, what? You sit behind a microphone? They – there's a Star Wars movie coming out. They're going to see it. Yeah. So Period. First, first of all, there's a great comment that just popped up Okay. by TMC. It said, I saw Last Jedi three times in theaters despite not liking it because I wanted to love it. Yeah. That's, I think that's th- what I did with Phantom Menace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I wanted. I kept going back, going. Ah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to like it more. Oh man! Like, um, so, so I, I, I heard a little bit of Collider Live this morning, and and I saw you guys like, you know, ragging on Attack of the Clones, and I saw Roxy defending it. Mm-hmm. I was actually in the chat, and I, I said a few things about it. Um, <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, I said Roxy's the new host of Collider Live. <laughs> 
Uh, I but, can make that change. I am the producer. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Attack of the Clones is a fucking cool movie. Okay? I like it. Yeah. I like it. And I, you know, Harloff tweeted out his top 10 Star Wars movies or whatever it is, the top 11. And, yeah. and I contributed my own. Okay, and I actually want to address this, you know, before. Oh yeah, I saw that because I found that interesting. I'm glad you do. Yeah, we we got it. We got about ten minutes left. Yeah, we got about ten minutes left. Do that, and then I'll I'll get some questions, and we can wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. So I put my top ten Star Wars movies up there, and um, I put Empire number one and uh, Return of the Jedi number two, then Revenge of the Sith number three. Now, Revenge of the Sith is my personal go-to. It's the most rewatchable. It's the one that like speaks the loudest to me. Right. But I can't deny that feeling that I had in Return of the Jedi when you notice um, Luke Skywalker turning into his father because he's becoming more mechanical Mm. and like seeing that part of it. You can't deny um, the redemption of Anakin Skywalker into Darth Vader. And with Empire, like back then, that, that's all we had. So that fueled all this imagination, all this uh, canono- canon- canonical content out there, all this expanded universe stuff, all these video games, all mm-hmm. this everything. Like those two movies, even though personally I will always go and play Return uh, – I'm sorry, Revenge of the Sith. Um, if I had to watch one movie that I can get through the easiest, it would be Revenge of the Sith. But – I can't deny if I take an objective academic approach to the Star Wars rankings mm-hmm. that Empire is the number one Star Wars movie ever made. For me, Return of the Jedi is number two mm-hmm. because Return of the Jedi was able to, I think, very successfully uh, close out that trilogy. Yeah. And like really – such a satisfying way. Yeah, yeah. And really create that, that Hollywood blockbuster trilogy. Yeah. Right. It was really the first time that you really get that. Right. Because you have uh, the uh, the Bond movies, but the Bond movies are more like serial television or I'm right. sorry. I'm sorry. Not serial. Procedural television. Yeah. I'd say a little serial there, too. A I little mean, serial, but more procedural. Right. Yeah. It's like here's a premise and every episode we can give you a different premise. Like, right. Like serials kind of keep going. Right. right, right yeah. Right, yeah. Right. Like CSI or something. So Bond is like CSI. But Star Wars was like The Sopranos, right? Like it was, it was a saga, a family saga. Right. Um, and Empire and um, Return of the Jedi to me um, are, are two movies that I'll love forever. Yeah. You know, but that's why I put Revenge of the Sith number three. I saw some people tweet at me disappointed with me. Because hey, you didn't have it at number one. I didn't have it at number one. And I felt the pain because, you know, I, I, I've, I've been such a supporter and a – and, um, you know, of the prequels, especially Revenge of the Sith, that I felt like I let some people down. But it's number three on my list. It's above Star Wars, A New Hope, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. But if I take an honest inventory of this entire beautiful saga that is Star Wars, I I have to put it third. Yeah, you know, I it's funny. I, I did uh, on my Patreon page, I did the rankings. And um, I was surprised because I, I finally dug in a little deep. And went, okay, wait a minute, because you know me and my last Jedi. You know, I loved it and I was putting it up there in the top three, top four sometimes. And then I had to stop and I went, okay, let me think about this like truly. Right. Like when I did you also do a top ten? Yeah, I did the top ten. Fuck, fuck, I didn't see yours. I didn't. I didn't tweet it out because I, I kept it on the Patreon page. Okay. Um, uh, and uh, I'll I'll tweet it out, but I'll I'll say it here. Yeah. 
Um, I I finally went in and went, but let's let's be real about this. It's yeah. like now that the Last Jedi has been kind of worn off, and you know that feeling has gone away, and Force Awakens, and all this stuff, and I'm able to sit on the outside and go, now let me. It's both in the making of the movies and in the filmmaking that you like are putting Empire at number one. Yeah, it's that and my favorite, and it just works out. But yeah. I have Empire number one, yep. A New Hope number two, yep. Return of the Jedi number three. Okay, fair that enough. It makes sense to me. It makes sense to me. Then I have The Last Jedi. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Yeah. I do. I, it's I, your I can't. List. Yeah. It's your list. Then Force Awakens. Jesus. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then Rogue One. Okay. Then Revenge of the Sith. Okay. And then where am I? Solo. No. Then I have Phantom Menace. Yep. Then I have Solo. Yep. Then I have Attack of the Clones. Okay. And then the Clone Wars movie. Okay. So in regards to Attack of the Clones, and like we should do an Attack of the Clones episode one day, even though sure. I know, you know, I would love to revisit. But um, somebody just made an interesting comment here about Attack of the Clones. Oh, did I lose it? Uh, we get we, we get a lot of conversation here. I know. But um, somebody, hold on. Da, 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 da. Okay, Fillmore Pockets. Um, which is actually a cool name. Um, only thing wrong with Attack of the Clones was the execution of the love story. We knew Han and Leia was a thing without a picnic. First of all, this is a great point. This is a great point. I couldn't point. agree more. And this it is. is. The point. love story drives me bonkers. It is boring. Yeah. The writing is not good. The love story it, is the problem with that movie. It Because it, everything else is – I love everything else. I'm with you. I love the Obi-Wan side mission, very noir, kind of like finding oh, I feel leads. I too, Master. I, you know, like I, I love the that The trap stuff. at the beginning, like knowing, like Anakin setting up a trap. It is not – for me, it is not a good movie because when you go to the love scene, that movie – Spring the trap. It halts. It's, yeah. it's like when you just – you hit like the brakes and you just – Oh, what am I watching now? Because you're with Obi Wan, and he's learning about that dart, and it's like then he traces it to the to the, Which the planet. Which I love the El Camino. And El Camino. I love and he's that. talking to Django Fett, and it's like then and in, the kid, yeah, and then and the then, big fight in the rain and the water planet. It's one of it's my awesome. favorite. All of that is great. I love it. That's Star Wars to me. And then you go to where, and this is the thing that I really was disappointed in these movies because the original trilogy, even Lucas's New Hope, that he directed was dynamite. It was this. It was that. There was movement. There was camera movements. When you went to Attack of the Clones and you go into that scene, the camera is just sitting there and it's a two-shot. And Anakin gets up and walks over here and says a few things and then walks back and sits down. It's boring. It didn't it, – it, it just it halted the story and that's yeah. why I have a lot of problems with Attack, Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Um, so look, my list uh, – just because you said yours, I'll say mine real quick. Yeah. Um, you know, look, and these lists can change. You know, I mean, that's what lists mine are changed. For. Yeah, that yeah, totally changed. You take different inventory. You feel a little differently. You start to appreciate different things. Isn't that the great so, thing about movies? Change is positive. Yes. Okay. Change is a positive thing. Sometimes it comes at great cost, but change is positive. Empire Strikes Back number one, um, Return of the Jedi number two. There was a period of time where I used to say Return of the Jedi number one, but it was my favorite for a so many years. Yeah. Um, so Empire 1, Return of the Jedi number 2, Revenge of the Sith number 3, even though it's my spiritual one, but I understand in the legacy of the um, the pantheon of Star Wars films, I'm okay with it being the Holy Spirit, right? Like mm-hmm. the, third, uh, the third in line. Right. Uh, Star Wars number 4, Rogue One 5, Force Awakens 6, 
which was a tough one for me. Mm-hmm. But I do love the craftsmanship of The Force Awakens. Yeah. I I don't like the fact that The Force Awakens is Star Wars karaoke. I really dislike that. I really dislike that I still don't really know what the hell the story is of this new trilogy. Like, I still don't get it. You yeah. know? And, like, look, maybe I am dim-witted. Maybe I'm just dumb. But I Would don't... you know what the story was at the end of Empire Strikes Back? Other than they got to go rescue Han. Is Darth Vader Luke's father? But 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 in, but in, in the original trilogy, from the second the movie starts, you know that it's a story of a oppressive government. Um, and, right. I I get that. Yeah. 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 And the people are trying to this. fight out of it. In this new one, it's not even an oppressive government. It's like in a like a weird side force. It's got like really nice ships against what used to be the governing government that somehow becomes the non-governing government overnight. It's it's, it's a to me it's a mess. Yeah. In my opinion, so you can't say that that's the story, right? Like like the first one was the you know the trilogies is about um, a republic becoming a totalitarian government, right? Like like the you know, so this is how democracy dies to applause and glorious laughter, whatever right. it is that Padme says. That's what the tr- thunderous orig- applause. Yeah. yeah, that's what the original tri- or the prequels are about. Yeah. So like this next one, you're like, OK, is it about Ray like awakening in the force and a new generation of Jedi erupting out of her? Like, hey, is yeah, that what it's about. Maybe it, it, that's not what the second movie is about. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't argue with it because I, yeah. I, I, I agree with that. And again, I always go. I, I walk that line. I want to see the third movie to see how it wraps up. El Camino. That's a car, Fernandez. LOL. That's yeah, funny. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> I love no, that. First of all, Camino is Camino. the name of the planet. Camino is the planet with a yeah. K. Camino with a K. All yeah. Right, so, Force Awakens, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, The Last Jedi, and Solo. That's my list, and I'm okay. sticking to it for now. For now. All um, right. Yeah. All right. So, do you want to hop in and try to do some questions before we? Yeah, we got to wrap it up. Um, I don't know if you have any questions. We did get the yeah. light. Um, do the guys want us and the girls? Do Do you guys out there want us? You know, uh, to keep doing the show live. I mean, what about that? Let me Let, let me ask them a question. Let Yeah. Let's. Let's just get that one question answered. Let's get these yeah. chats because we do have to wrap it up here. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, ultimately, do, we have, we, like, like we used to say at the beginning of the show, we have a time machine. We do. That's yeah. very true. So the question on the table is, do you guys like this uh, live? Would you join us every Monday at 5 o'clock? Would you PST, want something like that? PST. Because, yeah, we're in Cali. I do like, and I'm very... It makes me happy to yeah. see that view count go up. Yeah, and it's 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 great. I know sometimes you know other shows have you know Clyder Live. We have anywhere from two thousand to three thousand sometimes, but this is shows us that we have a mighty army. Yeah, look of it, you it, guys. I told that you before, I just adore. I told you before we started filming. I go look. Um, uh, they want it live. I'll be happy if we get three hundred. You know, yeah. like, I actually thought three hundred would have been a success. We I see six hundred and twelve right now. Yeah. So man, thank you guys and girls. And uh, it's yes. Look, look we're I, getting I see a lot across, of yes. I cross we're the board. I have, yes. I have no nobody's saying no. Is anybody saying no? God, yes. Is yeah. thank you. Just thank so you, you guys know, there is a delay between yeah, yeah. There's what delay. we're saying and what you guys are, are typing. So if it feels like we're being a little laggy, it's because there is actually a lag designed into the uh, the whole right. YouTube live thing. Right, right. You know, fuck it. We'll do it live. Says Tillman. All right. Well, that we got we got an overwhelming response, uh, yeah. as well as Riley's list is trash. So that's good. Um, 
like, this God is the bless kind of, you. Yeah, God bless you. First of all, I right. don't fucking care. It is my list, <laughs> and I'm going to fall asleep <laughs> with it wrapped around my For, body. First of all, it's Riley's list. you got to respect it because <laughs> Riley does love these, these movies. He absolutely loves them. I, I do. And look, and to your credit, since we've been doing this show, this is the 39th episode we've done together, yeah. okay? Um, like I've missed, I think, two or three episodes. But, yeah, you, you haven't know, missed a lot. We haven't missed a lot. Um, you are – the force is awakened inside of you Yeah. to the prequels Yeah. because you understand that it's, it is a holistic vision of the force. This is the thing. Yeah. Yes, that's – there was something that happened when I started working at Collider, getting on Jedi Council, starting to – like I would appear on Ken Knapsack, Joseph Scrimshaw's show, Force Center. Uh, I would go around and it just – the talking of – I started to appreciate the prequels. So like all of these things – is all of the movies, when I'm putting them in a ranking, it's it, like even though I know Attack of the Clones is down there, I just gushed over some of the stuff that I love. Yeah. And even though I will defend The Last Jedi, they're thinking, can I buy yeah. you know, some of the humor? You we'll, know? We'll, we'll take them together. Yeah. No, I'm taking them now. It's, it's just – it's like it's, – it's, that's what I love about film. That's what I love about – any film is that these movies can get either better, they can kind of maybe move down a few notches, but I love it that everybody just it's your opinion and we can all yeah get together live and love on Star Wars. All right, so let's take two questions because we do got to wrap up. It's 6:04. Yeah. Uh we're trying to keep the show to an hour, but it's okay. We'll run a little extra cuz we're doing it live. Um we'll take two questions. Riley will pick them. Yeah, I'm looking. Uh there is that delay. Uh I'm going to turn this into a question because I like it. Thomas Frost might be both Plagueis and Sidious coming back. Now, I'm assuming this is for Episode 9. Could Darth Plagueis appear in Episode 9? I'm going to say no. Yeah, I think it's just the Emperor and that. And, oh, by the way, um, this was somehow confirmed in a Wired article that I saw that Ian McDermott said that he did not do that laugh for the trailer. Right. He didn't even know what they were going to use. That it's a that it's a laugh from somewhere, and um, that he is in it, I guess. But I don't know. It sounded a little bit more cryptic. I heard that he actually filmed. That yeah. he's been on oh, set. If he so. if he hasn't filmed, then he's not in it. Right. But no. But that they could use like kind of like a voiceover thing. But no, that he was actually on set. Uh, yeah, yeah. Of course. I mean, that's so, what we're all expecting. Yeah. So I think that there. I think the emperor is going to reveal himself. I don't know how, and, and there's a rumor too that it's uh, that Matt Smith's character is like possessed by the Emperor, which that kind of goes to Dark Empire, but I don't want. Uh, yeah. I don't necessarily want that. I would kind of I like mean, to if you're see. Give a, us the Emperor. Give us the Emperor. Give us the Emperor. Exactly. Yeah, it's, like, it's like enough already. And that is a little bit Dark Empire, where he jumps into another body using the Force yeah. or whatever it is. But I don't. I don't know. Um, all right. Uh, one more. One more. It, it, only because they're uh, – yeah, Lisa Johnson, Riley Fernandez, my comment, please. Curie Hart, president of Lucasfilm and Kathleen, president of Disney. Oh, that's not a question. That's a statement. <laughs> I have no idea. To be honest with you, I have no idea who Curie Hart is. i got to research. Uh, Ka- Kathleen Kennedy, president of Disney no, is not. a different story. It's a different story. That's not happening though. I don't think so. She'd be better suited for running a studio yeah. than a mythology. Agreed. So Agreed. she's very, very, very uh, qualified to to run a studio. There's okay. No doubt about that. Let's go back to Fillmore Pockets because uh, this can close it out. Would you be upset if Kylo Ren is not redeemed in nine and instead goes full Sith Lord? 
I would not be upset. I would jump over the moon. I would jump over I would over love the, it. I'd be into that as well. That's ballsy and I like it. I'd be into that as well if you keep him alive. If he goes full Sith and if goes, he goes off full into the Sith distance. Sith Lord and he, and he somehow lives so that Star Wars Episode Nine ends on a somber, like not a happy ending, mm. like not another happy landing, you know, but it's kind of like – you know, it's like a bittersweet thing that somehow something good happens. Somebody is saved, like blah, 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 new order things. Kylo goes into hiding to echo the Yoda. You know, maybe Kylo goes into hiding, echoing Yoda. That could be interesting, but. He goes full Sith. He goes off to the distance. They let him go. Yeah, I don't know. Now and I'm then there's, my mind. there's balance. You have the light and the dark out there. Yeah. I don't think they're doing it. Unfortunately, I guys, I think it. it's, I think Star Wars works in echoes. And and that's what I love about Star Wars. You think I, he is getting redeemed, right? I mean, yeah, I think he's getting redeemed. I, I think I think they're going to go there. Yeah, he's too likable a character. He's too likable, and bet, he's the only real Skywalker left, right? But you know what? I and and it's not a cop out either because they've been doing this. They've set up Kylo Ren as having the light called to him. Yeah, and that for whatever reason, hopefully we're going to go a little bit deeper. Yeah, he did fall to the dark side, but it's an interesting thing to think about it as you know. The dark side, you fall to the dark side. It's like Anakin, the dark side is calling to him to help – well, it seduces him. To have it on the opposite end of the spectrum that the light is calling to him and the only way I'm going to get rid of that is by killing my father. That's yeah. Kylo. Yeah. That was interesting to me. So we'll see. I, I think he's going to be redeemed um, and I wonder if he's – and I think he'll die. Mark, somebody says, Mark, Disney has outlawed the use of the word Sith. I somehow doubt that. I don't know why. But first of all, you know what, dude? I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, I but thought that's another bonehead move. And I, I'm looking did at they JJ. Actually do that? I don't know about that, okay, but I know okay. JJ Abrams is on record. Guys, uh, rule of two army, find it because I don't have time. We got to wrap this up. That JJ didn't want to go Sith. That he wanted to try something new. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hence the Knights of Ren. That we don't know why they're Knights of Ren's, and hopefully they're in nine. Yeah. And I think they and are. And look, we're we're very hard behind the scenes trying to work an interview with Michael Arndt. It, it's kind of our. It's kind of like our dream interview. Oh, I know. Um, but he won't talk. He, he hasn't. He hasn't. He hasn't worked on really much. I know, which is since, a bummer. Since he's since, such a great writer. Since Force Awakens, yeah. I know. Since whatever Episode Seven was called back then, but. Anyway, do you want to take us out? Look, we'll first take of all, it out. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, uh, guys um, and girls, we're, we're here. 597 watching. It's pretty much been 600 the entire show. Yeah, I think they were just uh, tapping out because it was time. But look, uh, yeah, three people tapped out. Um, you know, thank you uh, for sticking with us and uh, listening to us. And I think I'm going to try to push to do it live again next Monday. What do you think? I think so. We got an overwhelming response. I do want to take us out with this. Mark, they aren't using Sith anymore because Anakin destroyed the Sith. Palpatine. Yeah, but episode nine, we got Palpatine coming back. <laughs> so, so Right. So, so yeah. not really destroyed. Yeah, At least for now. I, yeah. I totally agree with you, Tyler. Uh, don't know yet. TBD on how big the Emperor is going to be involved in this. What his role is in all this, but uh, that's podcast for next week. That yeah. was Rule of Two. It was episode thirty-nine. It was live. Thank you guys for joining us. That that really did warm my heart. I love talking Star Wars with everybody. Um, believe me, I, this this is awesome. Mark Fernandez, you're on Twitter at Mark Fernandez. I am at Riley Around. It's episode thirty-nine in the books of Rule of Two. We'll see you next week live at five p.m. Right. Yeah, 5 p.m. PST. 5 p.m. PST. We'll do it. We'll see you next week. Rise.
Stay little chico, pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary.